0: So let me ask you, when was the last time you were reflecting upon God's beauty in a sunset? Or a sunrise? Those of you early risers, when was the last time you got up before the sun rose and you were reflecting the beauty of God in the sun? coming up and the colors or the sunset the colors of and and the clouds and 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 just the, the 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 peaceful moment and beautiful moment of a sunset or a sunrise has it been a while or was that just yesterday or this morning huh You know, for those of us who live in this uh, concrete jungle, those of us who are city slickers and there are buildings and houses and billboards and noises and notifications and electronics and screens and phones in front of us that capture our attention, it's challenging. It's, it's, It's difficult for us to keep a focus on the beauty of God revealed in creation. And yet it's necessary for us to be worshipers who live with a sense of awe and wonder of who God is. It's necessary for us to slow down enough and look around and look up at God's beautiful handiwork and just stand amazed and stand in awe of who God is and what he's done. You see, God has wired you and I as human beings with the capacity to have all in wonder. God has wired you and I with the capacity to enjoy and, and observe and see beauty and be delighted by it. To hear beautiful music and be delighted by beautiful music. To taste yummy food and be delighted by it and all this is designed to reflect God's glory to be a display of God's glory in the universe and you and I are created for this very reason to glorify God as the children just said this morning God has created us male and female in his own image to glorify him that's why we're here We are image bearers. We are those created in the image of God to reflect the glory of God and then to see His glory in the rest of creation and especially in in Himself and in His Son and in the Scriptures and then render glory through His name. Amen? He is the King of glory. He is worthy of all praise and honor and glory. And so this morning, we are going to look at Psalm 19. I've titled this message, Glimpses of Glory. And in Psalm 19, David shares with us some meditation, some reflections upon the glory of God revealed in creation, the sky, okay? And in the scriptures. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. We've been talking about prayer for the past few weeks in, in this series that we've titled Pursuit of God. And, and one of the things that I know is a tendency is that if, if we try to approach God and prayer and being a prayerful people without slowing down to listen and to meditate and take in the beauty and the glory of God, our prayer life will be at risk of becoming stagnant and stale. One theologian, Ed, Ed Clowney, said this, that uh, prayer without meditation leads to our prayer life becoming poor and, and, and disconnected or distant from God. And so we need in our prayer and in our relationship with God, as we pursue God, as we seek God, we need to not only bring our requests to God and ask Him for things in prayer, but we need to slow down and listen and admire and observe His beauty, His glory, and then respond in adoration and thanks and praise and our petitions our requests need to be wrapped up with thanksgiving wrapped up with adoration wrapped up with worship when we come to god this is why i think partly why jesus taught us when we pray to say our father in heaven hallowed be thy name there's a focus on who god is okay i'm taking some side trails here let's let's look in psalm 19 Psalm 19, if you all would stand with me for the reading of the word. And actually, if you would read it together with me as an act of worship here this morning. I have the words on the screen. We're reading from the ESV. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. "...day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out throughout all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy." Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. Verse 7 The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover by them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? So here's the big idea. This is where we're going this morning. God has revealed his glory and creation and through his word, and we must give our attention to his glory and truth to glorify him. God has revealed his glory in creation and creation and through his word, and we must give our attention to his glory and truth to glorify him. God has revealed his glory through the sky. Psalm 19:1 and 2 says that the, the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. The skies are preaching sermons about the power and the majesty and the beauty of God every morning and every evening. And throughout the day, the skies are speaking about this glorious creator, God, who spoke it all into existence with his words. He said, let there be light. He spoke this world into existence. Psalm 33 says, let all creation stand in all of him for that reason, because by his word, he created the heavens and the earth by his power the power of his word he made everything and it all testifies back to him of his glorious nature it testifies back to him of who he is and like i said earlier those of us who are city slickers we're in danger of missing out on this beauty that is seen in creation you know, we're surrounded by buildings and, and uh, houses and cars and we're, we, we stay cooped up inside looking at these little screens and we're captured with the light of these little screens and notifications and the words on these little screens that we totally miss out the glory and the beauty that's displayed in the skies and all, all around us. You see, this is good and healthy for our souls to take time to just behold a sunrise or a sunset. It ministers to our souls to slow down enough to hear the sermons that the skies are proclaiming about God's glory. We need this. We need this sense of awe and wonder. We need to go back to that. Many of us have lost it. And if you feel stale and stagnant in your relationship uh, I encourage you to, to to go out, go to a park, go somewhere where you can hear the birds chirping, where you can be around trees and grass and where you can see the sky, where you could just slow down and take in the beauty of the Creator. This has been something that I've done for, for years since I've been a Christian, especially when I have felt pressures in my soul and felt overwhelmed or maybe felt weary or felt like I need to reconnect with God. One of the things that I've done As I've tried to get away from all the busyness around me and leave the familiar and go to a quiet place outdoors somewhere and just soak it in and talk to God. Take a prayer walk at at the park. Maybe, you know, we just recently moved the garland. We live right by a park, and, and there's a park right by us. And I'll bring my cup of coffee with me, and I'll walk around there and just pray and meditate on God's beauty and on God's glory in creation around. This is good for our souls. And if we need help in our prayer life, and we need help in being passionate about worship, worshiping God and having our affections stirred for God, this may help us. Listen to the sermons that are being proclaimed. Through the skies. God is speaking through the heavens. My wife um, got me a um, telescope for Christmas. I was so excited um, because I've been wanting to to get a better glimpse of the moon and the stars, and especially when we've gone out to Glen Rose where we take some family getaways out there where you can actually see the stars better uh, away from the city. And and I just want to like just sit there and just take it in, just stargaze and, and be in wonder and awe of God. Uh, and I, even before I was a Christian, this was something I did. Before I, I really loved God and served God and walked with God, I would sit on my roof and just look at the stars and think, there must be a God out there somewhere, Right. And so creation testifies of God. This is what Paul says in, in Romans chapter one, that it bears witness of the invisible attributes of God so that all of humanity is without excuse before God. Nobody can say, well, there's no God. Like, like they're, they're held accountable because of the revelation that is given in creation. Theologians call this general revelation and everybody has it, whether they have a Bible or, and, and, and they're part of the world or not. everybody has this revelation of God revealed in creation around them. therefore all men are without excuse. And so anyways we, we this weekend or this week we pulled out the the, the telescope and there was a nice uh, moon. by the way, there's a lunar eclipse coming up I think on the 21st maybe Tuesday 30, 31st yeah 31st on on Tuesday it's supposed to be like blood red, orange. Uh, but you got to get up really early to see it, so I'm 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 hoping to, to see that. But anyways, um, so we pulled out the telescope, and we're able to to actually see through the telescope. We're able to see the the, the craters in the in the moon. We're able to see some characteristics of it, and, and, and it's like we had as a family. We had this moment of awe in wonder together my my Carson was excited about it and my girls saw it and I could see when they put their eye through the telescope I could see the reflection of the moon like in their eyes they're looking at it in awe we just had this special moment standing in awe of God the creator the one who made beauty and glory in the creation around us uh, and, and then you can look at other parts of creation and see his glory, too. You know, the record rays just had a, a baby Ellis uh, this past or the week before the week before. And I've seen just some pictures of them just around little baby boy Ellis. And there is just this just this delight and this all and this wonder when you have a, a new child brought in to the world, a human being made in the image of God. You, you see this glory, this beauty reflected in this little person that came through your body, moms and dads. I mean, it's just amazing to me. And so God, through creation, is, is displaying his glory. And specifically in this psalm, we see that the skies are speaking about it. Here's just a few pictures. Here's a, here's a sunset. Can you guys see that? Or sunrise? Isn't that beautiful? Here's another one. little sunset or sunrise there. When's the last time we we sat at a view like that? Does anybody know some views like this around Dallas that we can we can get to Trinity, Trinity River? I mean, aren't those beautiful? I mean, that's God, God's like the the master artist, the greatest artist, right? Is he not? How about lightning in the sky and thunder? But there was thunder uh, two weeks ago. Uh, that shook our house. And I wasn't the only one in Garland. I saw other Facebook posts in Garland Facebook that they felt the house shake from thunder. And it just makes you stand in awe if you slow down and acknowledge God made that. God, God rules over the creation. It, it, it captures you with a sense of awe and wonder that we are made for. We're made to be in awe of the power and the beauty Of God. And some of us need that recaptured. How about a starry night? A beautiful place. And then lastly, here's just a picture of a moon here. Here's something similar to what we saw the other night. And so we see beauty displayed in creation. So let's slow down enough, church, to take it in. To soak it in. And let that inspire worship and adoration of the one who made it all. Now we're not those who bow down, hug trees, and uh, worship the sun or the moon. or We don't worship the creation itself. We don't go that far. But we let the beauty of it, of the one who created it, we let it bring us back to him in thanks and adoration and praise. And so this is general re- revelation that we don't want to miss out on, that we want to enjoy, that we want to take time to talk to God about. I love in Psalm 8, you know, where the psalmist David, he says, "Um, when I consider the moon and the stars and all the works of your hands, just the greatness of creation in the sky. And he says this, he says, what is man that you're mindful of him? Like you think about how big God is and how big creation is and how big the galaxy is. All of a sudden you start to feel kind of small. And you know what? That's Okay. Because too many of us think that the world, at least subconsciously, think that the world revolves around us. It doesn't, you know. And it's okay. It's good for us to kind of feel small in light of the greatness of creation and God the creator. But you know what? God, even though we are small in comparison to the rest of the, the earth and the, the galaxy and creation, God thinks of us and he thinks much of us. That's profound to me. That should should humble us and at the same time comfort us and delight us. That the God who made all this and rules all this and holds it all together with the word of his power thinks of us. And he loves us and he's for us. Amen. And he's made this for us to enjoy. For us to glorify him with, And so we see God revealed through general revelation and creation. And then the psalmist goes in, starting in verse 7, we see uh, God's revelation through Scripture. His glory on display. His truth and His grace displayed and communicated through Scripture. Creation itself is not enough to save or convert a soul. Nobody's going to believe just by looking at a sunset that Jesus Christ died and and was buried and raised from the dead, and then confessed Jesus as Lord, just by looking at a sunset. They need to hear the good news of the gospel, the message of the scriptures proclaimed to them. And they need to believe that and respond to that. And so for salvation, we need more than just general revelation. General revelation is good. It's a starting point. It's a starting point for our kids. We need to let our kids know where we came from and and who made all this and, and, and talk to them about God, the creator who made everything good, right? who is good but the scriptures expound on that and expound how god made everything and and why god made everything and and how we're to live as a part of his creation how we're to see ourselves and see one another and see the world around us as a part of his creation verse 7 psalm nineteen seven says that the law of the lord is perfect reviving the soul So here at City Church, we believe that God's word is inerrant, infallible, and it's the inspired word of God. We we value the scriptures. We honor the scriptures. God has given us a book that is inspired by his spirit, written through the hands of human beings. God has communicated his message to us and a message for us. To live godly and righteously and and, and uh, some call the Bible basic instructions before leaving earth, all right? So we're given what we need to know about God and life uh, in this book. And it's perfect, there's no flaw in it. And notice some of the benefits that, that come from the scripture. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Do you need refreshing and reviving in your soul? Do you feel weary, discouraged, weak? Perhaps you need to spend some time in the Word of God, meditating in it, reading it, memorizing it, reflecting on it, talking about it, and let it revive your soul. Let it wash you, renew your mind. You see, we need the word of God to revive our souls. We, man does not, Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but he lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus prayed for his followers that they would be sanctified by the truth. And he said, God, Father, your word is truth. And so we need this word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And and so there's several uh, synonyms here that the psalmist David uses to describe God's word. The law of the Lord or the Torah, the teaching, the instruction of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul. By the way, the longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119. I believe it's 176 verses. And it celebrates the beauties and the glories of God's word. I mean, and David just like going off, talking about the word of God, the law of God. Do you love, do you love the word of God like that? That you could just go off and just get, get giddy, giddy, delighted, and, and just like beside yourself talking about the word because you love it so much? The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Do you need wisdom? Paul told Timothy that the scriptures are able to make one wise for salvation. Do you need wisdom? Do you need wisdom in how to live your life? Do you have decisions that you don't know what to do? You don't know how to respond. You don't know how to handle. Well, God's given us a path. He's given us a light and a path to take through His Word, and it is arrogance for us to lean on our own understanding and not read the instructions for for us in this life, and just be like, "I got this, God." All right. Now I'm guilty of of, of this in more than one way. Putting together the telescope, I, I refuse to read the instructions. I. <laughs> i i I feel like i could just see the parts and see how they all fit and put it together and see if it works and when it does it does and when it doesn't it doesn't but we need to read the the manual the the word of god you know in your car you have an owner's manual right and your owner's manual tells you about the car and tells you have you had things in your car that you didn't know were there until you saw it in the owner's manual yeah some of y'all are laughing because you know you have right like, in, in, or maybe you were doing, using something the wrong way or you weren't using it because you never took time to read the owner's manual. And maybe you messed something up because maybe you put the wrong gas in your car because you didn't, you didn't look to see what kind of gas your car takes, right? And so there are, there are things, painful lessons that we learn in life when we don't slow down and take the time to read the owner's manual that our creator God has given us. Some commentators point out, it's interesting to note that uh, in verse 1, David's talking about general revelation. It uses the word, He uses the word um, El, uh, which is just kind of the general name for, for God. Here in, in verses 7, through the rest of the chapter, he uses the word Yahweh, which is the, the covenant name. Uh, and so I think that's interesting to note here because through the scriptures, we have more specific detail of who God is. What to call him. How to relate to him. Who he is. He's the Lord gracious. Compassionate. Slow to anger. Bounding in steadfast love. There's specifics about who he is. That we learn through this special revelation of scripture. The precepts of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. Are you lacking in joy? And you need your heart to rejoice and come alive again, perhaps you need to spend some time in the word of God and meditate on it and and take it in. Uh, Jeremiah 15, 16, he says this. He says, your words were found by me and I ate them and they became the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Jesus said this. He said, I believe John 15, these things I've spoken to you that your joy may be full." Are you lacking in joy? Do you need joy in your life? The word of God will lead you to joy, will lead you to the path of joy. It says that the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And by the way, the scriptures teach us to fear and reverence and honor God. And that is a good, clean thing. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Let me say this, too, that the Bible itself isn't just this rule book. I know, as it was mentioned in communion, that the Old Testament has a lot of rules, a lot of laws and precepts. That's not all that the Old Testament contains, by the way. Now, I totally agree, and we emphasize here that the New Testament is better. The New Covenant is better. It's more glorious, and praise God for it. But we accept the Old and the New Testament as the word of God, the infallible, inspired word of God. And it's for us. It's for our use. It's for our good. It's for our teaching, instruction, reproof, that we may be equipped for every good work, uh, 2 Timothy three, sixteen and 17. But these rules, that like the Ten Commandments, these rules reveal the holiness of God the rules and the precepts and the commands of God. It's not just, God's not just about these rules. Don't do this and don't do that. God cares about relationship. And and one of the things that the, the scripture points us back to is that these rules are summed up in love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Relationships. See, God knows that when we, disobey the rules that he gives us the commands that he gives us it damages this relationship here we have other gods before him and that leads to sorrow disappointment brokenness of heart and our lives and shambles and then god knows that that his commandments the 10 commandments i'm referring to also helps preserve and protect these relationships here you don't murder you don't lie you don't commit adultery you don't steal you don't covet You honor your parents, right? So God knows that doing those things are actually best for this relationship here and these relationships here. God cares about relationships. And here at City Church, part of our vision is to know Jesus, love people, and impact your world. And God teaches us in the Word of God how to know Him, how to love people, how to make an impact, to be salt and light in this world amen and so god has revealed himself through creation god has revealed himself through scripture notice verse uh 10 and 10 i think 11 it says that they are more to be desired than gold even fine gold sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb moreover by them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward do you desire the word of God more than gold? Is the word of God to you more precious than gold? If so, then you would store it up, treasure it up in your hearts. Psalm one nineteen, eleven says, Your word I've treasured or hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And it's more desire, it's to be desired more than gold, okay? And then it's better than uh, honey. I think all of us enjoy some sweets, right? Uh, one one uh, commentator uh, said this, that, that older folks are all about the profit and young people are all about the pleasure and it's, it's the word of God is good for, for all of us, right? The old and the young, Right? And so do we desire God's word more than we do a good snack, a good sweet snack? I had some honey this morning, and I was thinking about this. Honey on banana, uh, peanut butter, toast, and it was delicious. It was delightful, fulfilling, healthy, good nutrients for my body. And the word of God is like that spiritually for us. We can taste and see that God is good through coming to the scriptures, believing the scriptures, meditating on the scriptures enough to digest them and let them become a part of us and and be nutrients to our spiritual lives. And we are warned by them. We get necessary warning that we need. Warnings are good when you're about to walk off a cliff. By them there is great by by keeping them there is great reward. There is great benefit, not only getting the word of God in you, reading it, but actually applying it, obeying it. Lastly, here, uh, verse verses twelve through fourteen, uh, we see David's response. So th- this psalm is broken up in three sections. So we we see the glory of God revealed in creation. We see in Scripture God's truth and glory revealed for us, special revelation. And then, you know, the psalm seems to take a a different term. It seems abrupt. David goes into this question. He says, who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins and let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. I think this is interesting. One one of the ways I, I connect this as I read this, and I don't see it as abrupt, Because of this, is that as you and I, like David, as we look into the perfect law of God, the Word of God, that's pure and righteous, we are confronted with our impurity and our unrighteousness. You see, the Word of God is like a mirror. James describes it as a mirror, the perfect law of liberty, and we look in. To it and we see truth and we see ourselves in truth we see reality and this will keep us from deception i mean the the question here who can discern his errors implies that it's not an easy thing to discern your errors you see we all have blind spots we all have blind spots and that by definition means you can't see them okay there's blind spots, and when driving a car, there's, there's blind spots you have in your review mirror. There's, there's a place on the road that you can't see in your review mirror. It's called a blind spot, right? That's why we call it a blind spot, because you can't see. And so we need help with our blind spots. We have errors that we don't realize are errors. And actually, we're pretty good at covering them up and justifying them and acting like they're not there. I love what Tim Keller says. Uh, he says this, he says that you are more flawed and broken than you ever dare to believe. You are more flawed and broken than you ever dare to believe. But he doesn't stop there. Yet you are more loved and accepted than you ever hoped to be true. Something like that. So we're, we're way more broken and flawed than we realize, yet we're way more loved and accepted by God than we realize. And that should free us up to deal with To look at in the mirror of God's word and come to grips with our errors, with our sins, our hidden faults, our presumptuous sins. I love that he prays, don't let them have dominion over me. This reminds me of how Jesus taught us to pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is a beautiful prayer. And so we need help. How How do we get help with discerning our errors? The scriptures help us do that. Uh, Paul said that the law, through the law, comes the knowledge of sin. So we look at God's word, specifically the law, and it confronts us. That covetousness is sin. Lust is adultery. Murder or hatred is murder, and and so on. And so we're confronted with our sins. And praise God that it it doesn't stop here, you know, and 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 that we're not left with the bad news that we're more broken than we realize. Therefore, we just navel gaze and. And focus on how broken we are and walk around with our heads down. We have a redeemer. We have a rock. And the very last verse here. I love this prayer. It's a beautiful song, too, if you know that that old song. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart be acceptable. In your sight. Oh Lord, my rock and redeemer. David just spent some time reflecting on God's beauty in creation and how God speaks through creation. David just spent some time reflecting on and expounding on the glory of his word and the benefits and rewards and the delightfulness, the goodness of God's word. And then he has this prayer let my words, Lord, let the words of my mouth, let the meditation of my heart, what I'm thinking about in my inner life, let it be acceptable in your sight. The, this, this idea of let it be acceptable seems to, to point to the, the sacrifices of worship that, that worshipers would bring. And, and while we don't offer up animal sacrifices like they did in the Old Testament, the New Testament prescribes us to offer up sacrifices of praise. Hebrews 13, 15, the, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. The New Testament prescribes us to offer up sacrifices of good works. The New Testament offers tells us to offer up our lives, our entire being to God as a living sacrifice. And so David here is praying, let the words of my mouth, let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Or some translations say, pleasing and that's the idea. That's that's In worship, that's what we aim to do, is we aim to please God, to be a sweet-smelling aroma to God, to delight His heart. But some of us need to take time to first delight in who He is, delight in His Word, delight in His works and what He has said and what He has done, and then respond back with our prayer, respond back with our praise. That was David's response. And lastly, I want to point out, I want to jump to the New Testament here, is that God's glory is revealed in the incarnation of His Son. So the glory of God's revealed in the skies, in the Scriptures, but then in the New Covenant, we have Jesus stepping into this world, becoming a man, fully God, fully man, and you have glory wrapped up in flesh. And He dwelt among us, John 1.14, and we have seen His glory. The glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is our Redeemer. This is our Redeemer. David spoke about God being his rock, his solid place, his rock, his fortress, his Redeemer. We just read in verse 14 and 19. We know him even better, and we know more about him even better through the new covenant. We have a Redeemer. There's an old song by Keith Green. There is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, Precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. If you know the chorus, sing it with me. Thank you, God, my Father. Forgiving giving us your Son. And sending your Spirit. Till the work on earth is done. We have a Redeemer. God's glory is revealed through the incarnation of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. And, and though our sins did overtake us. We were overtaken. The dominion of our hidden faults, our presumptuous sins, our errors, our sin was so deep and we were so broken we couldn't save ourselves but Christ the Redeemer came at the right time and he rescued us and we didn't even know how to get out of this pit we couldn't even see the depth of the darkness in the pit that we were in of sin we were dead in our sins and christ came and he saved us he rescued us and so let us respond in giving him all this week i want to encourage you to take time take a prayer walk and behold god's glory in the sky just be captured with a fresh sense of awe and wonder of God. And, and let ask God to, to make your thoughts and your words pleasing to Him. Pray. If, if you're struggling looking at things you know you shouldn't be looking at, giving your attention and time to worthless things, then you need to be captivated with the beauty and the glory of God. So meditate on scripture, especially portions that seem relevant to God's direction for you and your family. So take it in. Claim promises and pray promises over your life that the scripture give. Amen? Amen? So let's pray. Let's respond. Lord, you are a great redeemer. You are our rock, our fortress. And there is no one like you. There's no one besides you. No one can save and rescue like you do. And God, this morning, we run to you. We take delight in you and your word and your beauty and your glory. And I pray, Father, that you would capture us afresh, anew, with a fresh sense of awe and wonder. May delight and joy fill our hearts as we behold who you are, as we behold the works of your hands, as we listen to the truth of your words. May they wash over us and restore and revive our soul, enlighten our eyes, warn us where we need the warning, cleanse us where we need the cleansing, Heal us where we need the healing. Have your way. If you want prayer this morning, you can raise your hand and we'll come to you. Or you can come up to the front, but we want to pray for anybody that needs prayer.